for families that have used your service, maybe to, to have them do an audio recording from their voice. Imagine on a funeral hearing your loved one's voice, their story. Woo! That would get anyone going to tears, I think. Today we're talking the business of obituaries. Who knew? Who knew there was a, a prolific business that is on the rise, on the horizon? Um, all of us funeral directors know the importance and the elegance and intricacies it takes to write an obituary. Today we have on, I would say maybe a professional obituaryist. Is that even a word? <laughs> Here we have on Sarah for My Modern Tribute. Hi, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Of course. So I would say, just a quick, instead of um, obituary or even eulogy, yeah. I when I had this idea for the business, I said, what's a just more positive, you know, refreshed take on obituary? And so I came up with tribute. So I try to use tribute as much as possible, you know, because to my understanding, obituary is something you put in the paper and it's overpriced and it's not personal. <laughs> and then you have you which is usually by other people who aren't you, who have their own perspective of how you navigated life and their opinions and whatnot. But a tribute, you know, my modern tribute, I want to be associated with your point of view. It's your eulogy with all your thoughts, all your lessons, all your values, all your takeaways from life in one document. Because, you know, I have to ask you, you're, you've been to way more funerals than I have been. Yeah. But when time you heard someone, the person who died, when was the last time you heard from them at their funeral? Other than like a legacy video. Right. Um, it, it would be never. Uh, <laughs> the answer is never. And it would be pretty creepy if you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. And I, I could not shake that question. And that is why, I mean, it, my whole idea was born out of grief, which I referenced in another podcast, The Heart of Hospice. I went into great depth, uh, the emotional kind of birth of my modern tribute. But sure. from a standpoint it didn't make any sense to me that we go to someone's funeral, my funeral so say i died why is everyone else going to get up and talk about me but my voice isn't heard i'm the only one who experienced me my head my lessons my yeah. mistakes my accomplishments my everything why why would i just let that go away that doesn't make any sense it dies with me so i couldn't shake that and yeah at start, which is really interesting, is I have no experience in the death industry. I just love human stories. I've always had a little bit of a dark, twisty side to me. You know, I, I love don't reading. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? But um, I started out actually calling estate attorneys, thinking I'd partner with them. And they're just as death phobic as, well, by majority, I feel, than um, the rest of America. And slowly but surely, I ventured over to the funeral space and started talking to funeral directors. And uh, my favorite part is that I had my idea for my business. I launched right away and I started interviewing writers as soon as possible. So I was in my office for three weeks straight, just barely showered, living off of espresso and bagels, you know. Just... <laughs> and one day I said, you know what? I think I'm just gonna go talk to some funeral directors. I think I'm just gonna walk in. And I did. I just got my car and I drove around all over Minneapolis. I think I visited at least a dozen funeral homes. And I just walked in and asked, are you offering a service like this? And they all kind of looked at me like, who is this weirdo? Which is fine. It is kind of weird. And 
they said, no, we're not. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And they, you know, I learned a lot about the pre-need space and um, just the industry in general. And I'm a research queen. So if I find something, I'm going to go to town and figure it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's kind of how I landed um, my little niche in the pre-need area and is fascinating in and of itself. I also know it's a very competitive space. Sure. It sure is. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot of people, um, you know, we were just in Las Vegas for uh, the convention and seeing how many companies are out there for pre-need can be overwhelming for a funeral home or a funeral director trying to decide who you would like to use and what would be the best fit for your funeral home. So there are little things that that we would need to look for to for them to distinguish because they are a lot of times pretty similar. They you just want to have the best rate, the best writing policy, whatever's the easiest for the funeral home, the most transparent. But if there are little things which we can lead into that uh, a pre-need company can do to set themselves apart for other funeral homes, funeral directors, that is very beneficial. I'd like you to backtrack a little bit um, and let's talk about what specifically My Modern Tribute is and what you do for any funeral directors that don't know who you are. And an apology for saying obituary, that is the old hard-headed <laughs> funeral director and me getting oh, pounded so over my head thousands yeah. of times, writing a million of them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, tell us about My Modern Tribute. Cool. So how it works is we write a client's eulogy in there from either first person or third person before they die. It's a pretty simple process. I have a team of writers. I don't write them myself. I find the best writing talent I can find. And then I want them to stay with me forever. And so I've, I've curated an incredible team, not just good or great, but an exceptional writers. Wow. Um, so typically I send the client and I'm kind of the middleman. I act as the liaison. My writers just do what they do best interview and write and I yep. handle everything. But um, essentially we send the client a tribute questionnaire and that gets the nuts and bolts of your life. You know, what's your name, your date of birth, where were you born, um, honorable mentions, uh, your family members' names, pets, accomplishments, career, you name it. It's only about 10 questions, but we get a lot out of it. Yeah. Um, that way, you know, usually I can look on paper and say, okay, I see this questionnaire. I know exactly which writer to match them with. And then I decide which writer would be the best fit for them. Because that does matter. I basically am a matchmaker. I want to get the most out of this client as possible. Um, then at, at that rate, I set up the interview. It's anywhere from one to two hours. And then they get their first draft within tes, uh, 10 business days. And from there, yeah, they can do with it as they wish. And it's anywhere from two to 4,000 words, but there's no word cap. And the price is seven fifty. Yeah. You're a dream to a lot of funeral directors because then we don't have to write obituaries. <laughs> But it's such a unique idea having the person that, you know, it is a morbid thing, but this is a morbid podcast. People need to think about their death more. And we all know that. And that's why we understand what the value is in someone pre-planning. So that way things are taken care of. First of all, for the person, whoever it is planning ahead, it relieves that burden off of them where they are not thinking about it, what's going to happen to me. And also is a nice thing for their family too, leaving that behind. But this is a whole different twist on it where it's, you're leaving behind a little bit of your legacy and how you, like you said at the beginning, Sarah, how you see the world. And that offers a very different, unique perspective as opposed to saying so-and-so, date of birth, date of death, 
city, naming all the people. Cooney Funeral Home from three to eight on Thursday, like all of that, like obviously can still be included, but is people have a hard time, uh, you know, pinpointing those little things. So it's nice that you that you're able to curate this for families and for the individual because they can use that for as long as they're still here. And then afterward, too, I would think. Exactly. And the other part or other point I want to make is when people I have had that response, like, oh, it is a little morbid, but I say, oh, okay, but when you go to your state, when you go to, to your state attorney and you go through your state plan, put that together, is that morbid or is that financially responsible? Okay, so this is actually emotionally responsible. And I maybe that's my, my view as a mother is that, and then even, you know, as a wife or partner, I, I look at it and I say, I feel a level of emotional responsibility to have this laid out for you when I'm gone, because yeah. it is coming like the last chapter of my life. It's my last statement. It's almost like you're honoring, like you're receiving an award. You know, if you're at yeah. an awards show, you know, I want to thank everyone, you know, you go through that there, and there's nothing wrong with that. And when I tell people that they say, oh yeah, actually that makes sense. I'm like, of course it does. And I don't know why we're not doing it other than the fact that we are scared of our death. And I think that if someone's already in the mindset of pre-planning their funeral, then they're already on that track anyway. This is just another layer of, hey, let's explore um, these memories that maybe you forgot about. It's like a rocking chair experience. We take you through mm -hmm. your life. And a, a lot comes out, a lot of positives. And the other thing too is, which I'm sure you've experienced, is not everybody's a writer. Not everyone is. And There's here's no another doubt. problem. What if, what if your cousin is the writer in the family and your cousin hates you and you <laughs> die? Now they're in charge of your eulogy. Are you kidding me? No, absolutely not. No, that <laughs> that's, a, good, that, so that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's sad to think about. And I, I'm a pretty strong willed, you know, I, I have a strong sense of who I am and I have multiple versions of my tribute because I had writers who were interviewing. I said, well, I'll make sure that you're a good fit. Let's go through the process. And I need to see how you interview. Cause th this isn't just a basic interview. You have to have a certain kind of manner and a certain level of respect and be able to write something for someone that you may not agree with politically. That was part of my interview question. Are you going to be able to write uh, a tribute for a Trump lover or for someone who is very liberal or if they believe in abortion? I'm like, is that going to be an issue? Mm -hmm. And if I like sensed a little bit of hesitancy, so well, you're not, you're not, no, this is not a good fit because you have one job. We do. Everyone at my modern trivia have one job and that's to get your story and to have it reflect you, your views, and to the point where you look at it on paper and it's almost like it slaps you in the face because you say, oh, my gosh, that's me and that's my life. And it's cathartic. It's done. And, you know, it's there in case something happens to you. I mean, I'm not guaranteed the next five minutes. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. You know, I'm young and I'm healthy. Yeah. But I'm also not naive in that sense. Uh, but that's that's just my take. No, that's that's something that us funeral directors, we know all too well that every day is so valuable and you just never know what's going to happen. And it's always a good idea to be prepared of for any circumstance, really. And that's that's what you're doing. And you're doing it in a unique way, a different way that a lot of people haven't thought about before. But when you do think about it, it's like, well, of course, I want to be able to to show the world who I was or my family or maybe future generations. Even honestly, like this is who your great grandfather, or great grandmother, whoever it was is and then they can live on in that memory and to have it done by a professional can only enhance it 
a million times over what I'm going to write off of, off or an old school funeral director off an old keyboard maybe or a typewriter. But uh, it's it's a it's a very cool, unique perspective. I'd like to know what are some of the things that you typically would ask a family member like to uncover these questions and these answers? Well, that would be a question for my writer. Um, but what I usually do as part um, of my job is, you know, the client comes to me and I've sourced a lot through my own network um, and they come to me and usually they come to me out of some major life event, whether it's cancer or they're healing from, you know, generational cycle breakers where they're realizing, you know, hey, I've been in a really toxic family and I've been through this horrific situation and I've come so far from it and I want it known what I overcame. So a lot of um, people from severe trauma, um, mild to severe, um, but then a lot of elders who, you know, are going through their um, estate plan, but I ask them where they're at and they kind of spill the beans. They just, it's, I I think I have that effect on people because I'm very, we're all about creating a safe space. So for me, um, as part of my job is, I don't even have to ask what the purpose of, you know, why they came to us. They just tell me right away. And it's this vomit of this is why this is where I'm at. This is what I feel. And it's amazing. And we're like, welcome. Boy, I'm glad you're not interviewing me right now. (laughs) Yes. It's I, Sarah, one of my top writers, we call her the other Sarah, the other Sarah, I'm a physician's assistant and she's been in women's health for over 14 years. And she, she is just, you just have to have a specific personality for it. You have mm-hmm. to be an excellent communicator and know when to push and when not to and what to pull from. And it, it's truly an art form because it is, you're, you're writing someone's life story. This isn't just a death announcement. This is pulling together something they said from 45 minutes ago and putting or applying that to a lesson that they learned when they were 12 and then intricately playing it through like a whole theme. And it, it's this whole thing that's beyond me. And that is why right. I find the talent and I keep them. Then I go make the connections. Cause that's what I'm best at is going and finding people and convincing them, you know, why they should do what, you know, or why they should have their interview written or why they should partner with us. And, you know, I'm, I'm relentless and I'll talk to anybody. I mean, even when, um, I went and talked to the funeral homes. I was bringing fresh baked cookies, like birthday cake ones. I'm like, well, every day. Smart. Yeah, I, I just have no problem telling anyone and everybody about it. But what I found is um, what I've created for the writers is an opportunity to do what they do best. And that's just yeah. right. It's yeah. a dream. They can do It's a phone call or a Zoom anywhere yeah. in the country. It's remote. So it's yeah, and you take away or you take that aspect off of them so they can do their job to their best ability so they don't have to worry about all the coordinating planning and where is you know the business going to come from this and that they're able to do their job to the best of ability so that's a really cool thing and i'm sure it makes it even better experience for everyone involved how did you get into so i'm assuming now that you work you probably work with certain funeral homes and they offer it or how did you get into funeral homes and what is the system like for for using your your company so i actually just had my first deal with a local funeral home in minneapolis uh that only started two weeks ago so we're brand new in the funeral space like i said eve there's a lot of ways you can take my modern tribute and i have different divisions um, depending on the industry so in terms of funeral homes 
um, in the pre-need space. We recently partnered with Sendoff, and they're a very forward-thinking sister brand of a local funeral home, Robert's Family. Um, and it is fantastic what they're doing. They're essentially putting together a very, um, almost like a wedding-like celebration, putting the fun in funerals. Yeah. And the process for that is, and um, what we decided to do is to say, hey, if you have a family come to you and they are looking at a pre-need policy, um, you essentially, the funeral home will cover the pre-need and say, hey, this is complimentary, um, completely separate of the pre-need policy. That way there's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's all done by regulations. Um, but it's, a, it's leverage for them because he can actually say, listen, no one else is offering this in Minneapolis. So as you're going through and getting bids or trying to see which um, funeral home is the best fit for you, I would say send off combined with our service. They're offering the most forward thinking um, strategy in the area by far. And it distinguishes them, like I was saying previously, from other different pre-need companies. Like you have to do something a little bit different to stand out. And this is something that's a little bit different. And like you said, forward thinking and it's just an incentive for a family and it's something that they're going to have forever, something that they would have while the person is still alive too, which is a very cool thing. And uh, it's just, it it is a special um, tribute that you can give someone, you know, a lot of people will do the slideshows and videos, things like that, which are always beautiful, but this is a written word and it just has that special sort of thing. So do you see a lot of families, are they um, using this, like making their own, this is just an uh, where my brain immediately goes to for your business. Like, are you making booklets potentially or like mini books for families or are they putting it on the websites of funeral homes or how are families interacting with with uh, what you're doing with the tributes? So to keep everything low cost and as accessible as possible to everyone, I got to keep a flat rate. So I keep it as low tech for everyone as possible. Mm-hmm. You're basically getting a PDF with our logo and yep. you know, it's a beautiful document. I did send you a copy and they could do whatever they want with it, but yeah. I'm not sending all that adds into cost. And then I got to mark up the tribute and I, I just, not everyone wants that. Right. It's basically a document. You can do whatever you want with it. You can save it, give it to your estate attorney, give it to a family member, give it to your funeral home, however you want to um, use it. I also have a lot of people share it with their immediate family members in the now. And they say, Hey, listen, this is what I have. And it's a means of connection, but also it provides you um, eulogy guidance for the other family members when that time comes because it's hard to write when it's hard to write period, but when you're grieving, that's a whole other layer of, I don't even know where to start, but if you have a tribute, look at it and say, I completely forgot about that, but you you're bound to find some kind of inspiration in the document somewhere, which is fantastic. And then on top of that, we have the tribute itself. And then this is for funeral homes only because it doesn't apply to the other industries, but that we're partnering with. But at the end, we have a shortened um, obituary announcement that you can put on your um, website. You don't have to worry about it. So basically, it, it we it's take from the, their date of birth and their family members, which, you know, if it's for pre-need, you may have to update it. Maybe there was another grandkid or um, mm-hmm. maybe someone passed. But, um, but yeah, it takes out all of that work for you guys. And it's leverage. I keep saying, like, you know what? This is actually a really great way you know, from a sales perspective to say, Hey, I have this exclusive partnership and, you know, we'll, we'll throw this in. If you go with us, that's huge leverage because it, like you look at what everyone else is offering, what else is unique out there? I mean, right. you would know more. Than 
but what, what else could sway a family or help, you know, distinguish yourself than something that is this intimate, but also in their full control? Because we don't tell you what to do. We don't tell you how to write it. We write it based off what you want. It's not about us. It's about you. And that's mm -hmm. our firm. That's our number one, like, rule of thumb. It's all about your autonomy, what you want to do. If you want to bash your family, go for it. <laughs> if you want to make it poetic and gorgeous, let's do it. I mean, whatever you want, <laughs> we're in full support of it. It's not our job to tell you. What percent of the time are you seeing someone writing it from maybe their from their self for their self versus like a family member? What does that uh, breakdown look like? Only for themselves. Okay. Mm -hmm. Only for themselves. So to keep it streamlined i've had people ask uh if we would also be interested in doing obituaries but i have a hard time because it's almost like a conflict of interest because i look at it and say why are we doing this now this should have been already done and that's where my mind goes and then i start to think why aren't tributes the standard mm -hmm. why and so for me that is like a driving consistent um factor for me because I think that if more people had their tributes written ahead of time, we'd be much better off because it is like a final chapter in someone's life. And it does bring about a sense of closure and peace um, for the family. And it does act because you can't solve grief, right? Like grief is not a problem to be solved. It, it's not. It's just something you you live with. Mm -hmm. But this at least gives you some sense of where they were at. And it, it's just beautiful. And you, yeah, you get to give that to your, your kids, maybe, you know, your, your mom dies and she had her tribute written and she never got to meet your grandkids or your children or her grandkids. And then right. her great grandkids. It's a family heirloom at that point. It's a staple. Yeah. It is. It is. And I think it's gotta be eye opening for the person, you know, that's writing it for themselves to be like, wow, look at all the things that I've accomplished. And it's got to be very moving or maybe it gives you a kick in the butt too if, if you're not completely satisfied with for where you're at so that's got to be uh something that's really special for someone um having an outside perspective writing about what you've done in your life i think that's uh, a, a very cool additional aspect too oop that's a death call here hold on just a second all right i think the students got it i'm sorry about that you know, we've been seeing a lot more business come in ever since we started Mortuary Marketing. And I got to tell you, all the funeral homes we work with, are they're saying the same thing. So what do we do? We run ads on Google and other similar sites that get directed at families that need a funeral home in your area. It then brings them to a page that we've designed for you that gets the family to call you to inquire for your services. It's really increased our volume big time. It's working for my funeral home. And I think most parlors could really benefit from its uses. I put a bunch of information in the podcast description. Go check it out. I'm always happy to help talk with you and answer any questions you might have. All right, let's get back to our morbid discussion. It's like a radical therapy exercise, but we're not your therapist kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like we don't tell, solve your problems or talk about it in depth. We just ask and, you know, get, get a story put together. But my favorite thing about it, especially with, because um, we've done as young as 27 and as old as 91 um, age ranges. And my favorite is there's the client when they come to me, then there's the client after the interview. And then once they read it, it's three different mm -hmm. stages. And whenever someone's, Oh, I'm so excited to get this done. Or, Oh, I'm so excited to, um, I have a lot of uh, clients who actually buy a tribute for their parents for Christmas gifts. Um, that's, that's been a new cool. thing. 
fun. Um, Cause then the parents get to really enjoy it and not think about cost or anything. But my favorite is when someone is super excited about getting theirs done. And I just think to myself, well, you have no idea what's about to come for you because it's an incredibly cathartic, emotional, positive experience every single time. And I'm not exaggerating when every single client just says, wow, I, I never thought you know, it does range from, you know, the men are a little more stoic, but the, the <laughs> women are like, this is, oh my gosh, I sobbed when my mom had hers. And so of course my family, they have theirs done, yeah. but um, mom and dad called me sobbing afterwards and they said, Sarah, this is unbelievable. And oh my gosh. And I'm like, now you get it. Now you get it. And so part of me, and you know, I would never force on anybody because clients come to us when they're ready. But part of me wants to say, all right, if you're going to partner with us, you have to understand what it's like to have your tribute written. And like, you, you almost need to have, because you're going to be able to, to kind of pitch it that much more or leverage it. Mm-hmm. And also it's responsible <laughs> and it's an amazing, you know, tool to have and something to add to your, um, estate plan or your will. So, um, yeah, it changes you. I, I feel every day, you know, when they say, Oh, live life to the fullest and all those um, quotes and whatnot. But I, I live like that because this is my, this is my jam. Like this is my job. This is what we do is, um, and when you're facing that every single day, which I'm sure you can um, relate to, but, I'm like, why would I waste any time not maximizing what I have in front of me right now? Absolutely. And constant reminder every single day. Absolutely. That's beautifully beautiful and well said. Um, I can only imagine that 27-year-old hopefully has to come back once a year to update or something. <laughs> yeah. He's, um, he's my partner's business partner. So he, um, and he told me, he's like, oh, I want to have kids. And, but for him, it was actually like a, um, a testimony of faith. So his read more um, of, yeah, it was much more testimony based, which again, this just goes to show how many ways you can use your tribute. I've had people use their tribute as marketing material too. Yeah. Um, it's like a unique way to advertise yourself. They post them on their websites and all, all kinds of applications, which has been fun to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool too. Have you heard of anyone using, um, using your service during a eulogy at a funeral, potentially. Um, I think that would be a really beautiful thing and touching thing too. Also, another thought for families that have used your service, maybe to, to have them do an audio recording from their voice. Imagine on a funeral hearing your loved one's voice, their story. Woo! That would get anyone going to tears, I think. So we do record the phone call conversation and we send that. So that that's optional. Not everyone wants it, but we do, but that would be up to them. Like I said, I got to keep it low tech, especially when higher volume comes in. So we we try to keep it as that's an amazing idea though. Um, Maybe as a pre-need or anyone in the funeral director could maybe encourage that. That'd be another unique spin to do with it. Yeah. Um, But your other question was, oh, we have yet to hear a tribute read at a funeral. And I, no one's died yet. However, we That's did good. a, um, for, he was 91, his wife just died. And his was kind of um, partially um, in tribute to his wife because she had um, Alzheimer's. And so he said, I, I think his closing line was something like, and this tribute is just as much hers as it is mine. And so it was the story of how they met and it was beautiful, but, um, yeah. no, 
has, well, thankfully nobody's died who's either children. Um, But as we uh, go more towards the terminal um, patient and that that's a whole other thing where we're partnering with social workers and creating um, a division for terminal patients, which is exciting. But yeah, yeah, that's that that'll that'll be the that's the last piece. That's the last thing we haven't seen yet, because we're still brand new. We've been open for just over a year, a year and a half. Wow. um, Drives. But it's just me. I mean, I, I literally created this out of an idea in December out of grief. And I thought, like, how, how can I, like, I don't know. So I, it's just me and taking care of my writers. I'm very protective over them and their peace to the point where there are some heavy stories. And I first say, hey, I don't give any information, but I say, here's what this person's about. Is this something that you'd be able to do? I always ask permission. I don't just assign, you know, I, it's a very, it's a very intimate experience um like i said it's an to go to that level and i always ask permission and they always say yes because it's tribute writing is its own genre it's its own thing in and of itself i did write one tribute my very first one and i realized after that that's when i wanted professional writers because i thought there's people out there who do it better for sure and uh so how many have you had written at this point you're such a fresh new company it seems like the ball's rolling so how many of you well, have I would say a few, uh, over at least a few dozen at this point. Nice. But that's after going full time two months ago. Wow. So, and now because I wanted to go to the pre need space, and everyone that I spoke to, all the funeral directors, looked at me like, ah, I don't think this is a good fit. And that was all last summer. And then I took a break and kind of had to develop, delve into my own relationship with my mortality because I thought mm-hmm. like, okay, why, why am I having such, like, where's the disconnect here? Because if I am going to tell people why this is important and why what we're doing is important, I need to make sure that it's coming from a space of own, like my own deep understanding. And mm-hmm. so I would say the last six to eight months, I really came down to the whole idea of, Everyone I know and love is going to die. We are all going to die. And what does that mean? What does that look like? And as a professional, how can I coach people through that, through the tribute process when they come to their own realization of that? And um, yeah, so it, it's been a lot. I wanted to make sure that I was in a good space for that. Um, it was really important to me that you know our values are in alignment with those that we're partnering with, especially with hospice and cancer. I mean, these are he- heavy things. Heavy. And that, that's where I found that we're needed. That is a whole other, I mean, it's a really exciting um, way that we're going, but um, it's been finding the right people and then also finding people to fund it. So I basically have decided that cancer patients shouldn't pay for their tributes. And I'm going to find a way, find some donors to cover X amount of tributes per month and get that taken care of. So that's been what I've been focusing on is going through my whole network and making that happen. Cause I'm like, you have a, got medical bills you got to worry about your family there's no reason why you should be paying for this that was my thought process so it's been okay. a lot of yeah a lot of connecting um but we're making a lot of headway which is exciting that's awesome good for you that sounds that sounds like you're you're going down the right path and it's that's very exciting what was uh, you briefly touched up on it but i'd like you to go a little bit deeper on what was your reasoning or your drive behind the original idea and how did you get here and it's such a unique place to be in the the death 
industry relatively because you're in that world without a doubt or close to it. How did it come to be uh, for you and where is your background? It came, well, growing up, I loved to write and I loved the chicken noodle soup for the soul books. My parents yeah. would get me those all. And I, yeah. I love human stories and history. Um, but my main drive was, it was the anniversary of my first love, Andy. Um, he died, I think, gosh, 2013. I was married at the time. So I, I had a really hard time. I've never had anyone close to me die except for him. I've been very, very fortunate. I have not had a lot of loss in my life. Um, but yeah, Andy died. And when he, it, it just shook me to my core. I was married at the time and I didn't know how to grieve him. And I could not stop thinking about how I wish I would have heard his last words. And yeah, I, I, it's hard to, it's hard to get into without every year around December, around his death anniversary, it would come up. Like, I wish I could just spoken to him one last time, one last time. And, you know, even that, that, that was when I was 17, but you know, like the Roman, the the magic of your first love, it it left a huge, the blueprint of the exact kind of partner that I want in life. And that's what I have now. Like I, it's incredible when you look back on the course of your life and realize who comes into your life and the impact that they've made and the lessons that they taught you. But he showed me the groundwork of exactly who I want to be with. And yeah. that's his purpose. And he also made sure that I didn't go into the Marines, which I haven't talked about in a long time, but he's the one who said, Sarah, like, this is not for you. I know your parents want to go, but he, he had a major influence on me and I could have gone a totally different direction in life. I'm so glad I didn't. That yeah. wasn't a good fit for me. Um, I still ended up being a military wife at that time, but I, <laughs> I personally didn't go into the service. Um, but yeah, so around his death anniversary, I, yeah, I just thought, do people ever write their own eulogies? And then I kind of yeah. went down the hole of that. And then also I tried to write my own tribute because I thought, well, if I want to write for someone or if I want to do the service, I should write my own. I couldn't write it. I couldn't get past one paragraph. I was crying. And I'm I loved sure. it. And I love to do content writing, but I couldn't do it. And I thought, Mm. all right, this is a problem. This is why a writer should interview somebody. So I know all facets of this business or the experience itself of what it's like to be the writer, what it's like to um, be the client, which I've done multiple times. And the last piece, like I said, is to actually sit at the funeral and hear it read out loud and see the impact on the family. That is something that I'm eager not like not so eager but also eager to see you know what i mean because yeah. i don't want to wish the end of someone's life but i yeah. think that's good goosebumps. even when i think about it i just get goosebumps head to toe of hearing that something that we put together um and we interview them and have a relationship i mean every client we have we're it, it, this isn't just like oh hi what's your name where are you from oh cool no this right. is Hi, I want to know what drives you. I want to know um, everything about you. And it's it's just an eternal fascination with why humans are the way that they are. And you so it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was born out of, and what drives me is a multiple, you know, multiple things. But um, Andy, you know, I, I dedicate that. And I made several posts about it, even personally on my social media is, mm-hmm. I do dedicate what I do to his family. Um Mm-hmm. And and to him, but ultimately, it's just to share human stories. Storytelling connects all of us, and I think that uh, we rely a lot on social media, um, our posts, and what we put out there to reflect 
our, our stance, but there's so much more than we can't rely on Facebook to have our stuff in like 20 years. Come on. Right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for opening up. It's just a beautiful and a touching story. And it seems like you're, you're on a a track to, to do some really nice thing for a lot of people and um, preserve a lot of memories that uh, individuals have, whether it's about themselves or their families. And it's a really touching, beautiful thing. So um, we would love to, to keep in touch with you and see, you know, where the future brings you. Hopefully you have a lot of success with helping, you know, people that are, you know, dealing with some long-term um, disease and ailments. And then same thing with people going through pre-arrangements. I think you're um, going down a great road of uh, distinguishing yourself and your business and going on down a different line. So uh, we just want to wish you all the best and thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, it's been really fun getting to, to hear all about it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Of course.